and their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Now, if I uh, somehow ended up on a deserted island, I find that hard to believe, but if I was, I would want these readings that we have today with me. We didn't read Luke chapter 23, which is the crucifixion and death of Jesus, but I would include that. So Luke chapter 23, Luke chapter 24, talking about the resurrection and the life of Jesus post-resurrection. Acts 1, which we didn't read today, which talks about the, right at the end of 24, Luke mentions the ascension. And so we have in, in Acts chapter 1, the disciples tarrying and waiting for the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, Pentecost Day, the giving of the Holy Spirit, Peter's preaching, and what we've just finished with in the first reading, the life of the early church. The life of the church with Jesus leading the way in the power of the Spirit. Those four chapters, Jesus' death, Jesus' resurrection, ascension, the tarrying and the ascension and Pentecost Day explain everything. Amen? Well, I'm glad you agree. Because I'm going to want you to go home and read those four chapters this week. Amen? Oh, aye, aye, aye. We're not, we're not so excited when the bishop gives out homework. Praise the Lord. But this is about living in the grace that God is pouring out upon us through Jesus Christ with joy. Um, it's about disciples who are confused and who don't understand what's going on and don't believe the women trying to figure out what we'll do next. And then Jesus appearing to them and ministering to them and then ascending and pouring out his spirit upon them so that they might do great things for him. Amen? And so he's pouring out, he's in the process of pouring out his spirit upon us so that we can do those same great things. Now the difficulty is, the difficulty is Understanding God's will and trusting in God's will so that we do not trust in our own understanding. Amen? And the scripture today shows us that narrow way. How do we do that? How do we trust in God and not in our own understanding? How do we live with joy? And an abundance of life. And the scriptures today tell it to us over and over and over again. We do that by being in the scriptures. Jesus teaches the scriptures today to the disciples in case they've forgotten. We do that in the sacraments, baptism and Eucharist. We see baptism and Eucharist today. We see 
Jesus inviting the disciples and becoming the host at the table. And it's when he does that that they see him and recognize him. After Peter's sermon in Acts chapter 2, the people are going to say, well, what, do we, what should we do? What do we do? Be, what, what does he say? Be, be baptized. Be baptized and receive the Spirit. And then live in the Spirit, the Spirit that has been prophesied long ago by Joel. What you see today has been prophesied in the Old Testament and is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Okay? So baptism. And how did the early church live? The apostles' teaching and fellowship. Teaching. The breaking of bread and the prayers. Eucharist. So it's all there. It's all right there. People were joyful. People were overjoyed. Now I look at some of you and I see that none of you are overjoyed because you're wondering where chocolate fits into this. <laughs> uh, we didn't read that part today, but it is in Luke chapter 24 at verse 42. In another resurrection appearance of Jesus, they gave him a piece of broiled fish. And you'll notice in your pew Bibles, that has a little note, goes down to the bottom. If you have your glasses on, you can read that some manuscripts add and some honeycomb. And I have found a manuscript that says and some chocolate. <laughs> so even chocolate is in the resurrection appearances. There, Luke 24, verse 42. I'm in? Oh, I, some of you are doubtful. Some of you are doubtful, but having mentioned that, I can go on and talk about the rest of the stock. Praise God. Because I knew that some of you were not all overjoyed about what I was saying today. Jesus appears to these disciples on the way, and so he ministers to them in the same way he ministers to Mary at the tomb. This is all on the same day. he begins to ask them and enter into a discussion with them the same way he would like to enter into discussion with us. Um, wh what are you talking about, dudes? And they were sad. Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, pray tell? Concerning... Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning when they did not find his body they came back saying they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. 
And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And so Jesus preaches to them. And they begin to take all this stuff in and, and, and they begin to understand and their hearts become excited and their hearts become warm. But they, they still don't recognize who Jesus is. That suggests to me that our faith is not just an intellectual faith. We can understand the scriptures and we can read the scriptures, but it is key that Jesus come to us personally and reveal himself through those scriptures by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he does that by coming to the table and rehearsing what has happened. Now, we have lots of churches that dig into the scriptures. And our church reveres those scriptures. In fact, we've just had a gospel procession where Jesus has come into our midst and spoken to us through the gospel today. Luke chapter 24. That's what that gospel procession signifies. Jesus is coming to us to speak to us. So attend. Attend. Instead of me just saying, please be seated after the collect of the day, I should have turned around and should have said, let us now attend God's holy wisdom. Amen? In the, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, in the epistles, in the gospels, God is speaking to us. And he doesn't speak just so that he can hear his voice. He speaks so that he will find a people who will obey. Amen? And he comes every Sunday and he speaks to us. Of course, someone will also come and do the first prophecy of the day, speaking to you what they believe God is speaking through those scriptures so that we can apply them to our hearts. But that's not all. That's not enough. That's not enough to recognize Jesus. And so that's why we, as Anglicans and Catholic Christians, Catholic meaning those who understand and walk in the faith of the church as it's always been understood, also celebrate Holy Communion. Because then Jesus comes to us again and reminds us of our story, his story. His story, which means forgiveness and grace and mercy. And we come forward and participate in that. Not only in that story, we participate in him. Because he offers us his body and his blood. Amen. Hallelujah. And so it's, it's incumbent upon us as Christians to celebrate that on a regular basis. 
Not once every six months. Not once a quarter. But at least once a week. Once a week. Because that is where the fount of grace and the fount of mercy flow from. And not only that, but Jesus is the verda icona, the true icon of God. Remember, Philip says, oh, well, Jesus, you know, before you go anywhere, just, just show us the Father. Just show us the Father. And Jesus says, how long have I been with you? How long have I been with you? The Father and I are one. The Father and I are one. This is God with us, Emmanuel. We hear that word at the end of every year, Emmanuel. God with us. That means that in Jesus, God is working his purposes out in our presence. And he's inviting us now to come to his table. So every Sunday we gather together. We read the scriptures. We celebrate the sacraments. And we're praying that the Holy Spirit is moving through all those things to make them real to us. Amen? And that is how we live in that grace. That is how we abide in the vine. That is how we can live our lives with joy because Jesus is inviting us to a feast. A feast which will be fulfilled in the last days. We kind of stylize that feast. We uh, do a special thing here with it. Of course, at the real feast, there'll be all kinds of stuff, like chocolate. Amen. Which gladdens our hearts and makes us joyful. Amen. Theobroma, God's food. That's what chocolate is, right? Amen. We're talking about Another kind of food, though, today. Another kind of food. The kind of food that helps us understand all that Jesus has done for us. That bread and that wine that become his body and blood that lives in us so that we might live for him with joy. Having, having received his mercy, having received his grace, and having received his forgiveness then we are enabled to share that everywhere else. And so in these chapters that we're looking at today, because Christ has ascended into heaven, he has now poured out his Holy Spirit upon us. So being a, being a mature Christian is not just living in the scriptures. We also have churches that just tend to live in the sacraments. They don't do discipleship very well. Ooh. They assume that those sacraments are, 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 are good and necessary and positive, which they are. But we do need understanding. And we need to hear that word, that specific word that God has for us each week, each day. We don't just read the scriptures here just 
as kind of inoculation against the scriptures. We all need to be in the scriptures every day and listening to what God is speaking to us. And we need to be living in the sacraments, baptism and communion. And we need to be being filled with the Holy Spirit every day. Now, for us as Anglicans, baptism means that the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon us. That only happens once. But the filling of the Holy Spirit happens and needs to happen regularly. You, you can't see it, but this vessel, which is before you, Leaks. Leaks. And so it needs to be refilled every day with the power and grace of God. It needs to be refilled every Sunday, remembering his story and participating in his life. Because by the end of the week, it's kind of all drained out again. And so we need to renew that. We need to renew it as much as possible. And we need to be being filled by the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. Right? Even bishops, yes, young and handsome though they are, with wonderful structures, leak. Do you leak? Well, we can live in the joy and live in the grace if we're renewing our life in the scriptures, in the sacraments, and in the Holy Spirit. Jesus is calling us to do that. And Luke is showing us this. Through these events, these events that we're celebrating now, Death and resurrection, ascension and Pentecost. So that we might live in joy and grace and richness. And so that we may not just know intellectually Jesus, but we may recognize him when he comes into our presence. He yearns to speak with us. He yearns to accompany us and be present to us. We need to, we need to, living in that grace, we need to seek more of him. Seek more of him in the word, in the sacraments, and in the Holy Spirit. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.